Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. I'm Beatrice Murad, and today I'm joined by Sarah Potter. Hello. And we're here to discuss the eighth episode of Ruby, Volume 7, Cordially Invited. Find out more about this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. You can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or on YouTube at YouTube.com slash OverlyAnimated. All right, Sarah, tell me, what are your general thoughts about this episode? Uh, I liked a lot of individual parts of this episode, but I wasn't really into the just how slow the plot has been going overall this season. It just feels like nothing's happening, and I'm just like ready for stuff to happen. But specifically, I like really enjoyed like Winter talking to Penny in the hallway. It felt really nice to have like that was a conversation that I feel like it's the kind of conversation I feel like we've been asking for. But I was just really surprised we did it with two side characters, not with Team Ruby. Like, it's just really kind of weird. But I liked it. And I loved Weiss talking to her mom. That was a huge surprise for me in a good way. And I'm just uh, I'm just excited about some of the surprising inter-character things we touched on about Shock. And I want to talk about that, too. All right. Cool, cool. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think this... M- for me, this is kind of the slowest slash weakest episode of the ones we've gotten so far in this volume. Um, it kind of the the kind of the weaknesses of past Ruby volumes have just kind of shown themselves to me in this episode. Just kind of how um, they're kind of too many characters, and I don't know yeah. if they're balanced too well. And uh, while certain interactions I really enjoyed. I still felt like they kind of, I don't know, sometimes I feel like as a show, Ruby is scared of giving us an episode purely on, say, Ironwood and Penny and this meeting. And instead they're like, no, we're going to throw this thing in because we can't have an episode without Team Ruby there, even though they don't do anything. You were going to say something? Yeah, but still at the same time, it feels like they're scared to even have an episode where Team Ruby just sits in a room and talks about the fact that they're all really messed up. Like, yeah. what do you do that? Yeah, I know. It's like, it's kind of like, I kind of wish that they would be more, and it's not even like with Team Ruby. If like, if it's Team Ruby, I kind of understand since it is a show called Ruby, but it's like, yeah. we don't need um, John, Nora, and Ren here. We don't oh, need God. them necessarily here. I mean, not that I minded them in other things. I think they incorporated them better in previous episodes. But in this situation, I just kind of, I don't know. I just was struggling with how, with why they brought so many characters to this party. It, why they even were having a party. It seemed like it was just a dinner and a party just happening at the same place, but completely different things. This this episode felt like it really this felt like the first time this season that John, Nora, and Ren really were taking time away from characters yeah, I'd rather be seeing. For like sure. this scene, like why couldn't this be Ruby, yeah. Yang, and and uh, Blake doing this thing? Because I don't think it changes anything in the story. Like yeah. they literally just said, "Let's break stuff," and it feels like Weiss, Yang, and Ruby would be like, I mean, Weiss, uh, Blake, Yang, and Ruby would be like all all, all in on like breaking uh Weiss's abusive dad stuff. Like, it feels like they'd be all in on that. Yeah. Like, while I'm all for Nora, like, maniacally laughing and wanting to cause havoc, I also think, I, I agree, this is just one of those instances where, and it's been rare this season, but still, it's kind of like, well, we, they, I don't know, maybe, I mean, me trying to rationalize it, I thought it was the show telling us that 
Team Ruby is above these shenanigans, that they've grown and matured. But at the same time, I'm like, but no, Ruby was laughing. Yang wanted to break things. So why couldn't they just do it? This is, again, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I could totally see Nora just being Yang instead, carrying a plate of stuff. Like, yeah. this is just, that's all it is. Exactly. So I just, I, I, I think I, I really just really struggled with how they balance characters and which were the characters that were allowed to do things. And I'm also of the opinion that um, the show really has dropped the ball when it comes to Weiss's family in some sense. Uh, rather, at least the 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 trauma and drama of her family. I just feel like yeah. they haven't really nailed it. I still don't see Jacques as someone I either fear or should take seriously. Like, I, I don't know. I just... If they were gonna, if they didn't want to give me a nuanced character with Jacques, then I would have least rather them giving me like a character at least I could be scared of slightly. I, um, I'll yeah. say that as someone who has probably parents closer to what the show is saying Jacques is, like obviously my parents are not Jacques. Like I'm not gonna say that, but I've had many experiences that would be described as abusive behavior and. Jacques hits a lot of those notes. I yeah. will say that. So I feel it, but also I'm the person close to it. So I don't know if I'm the person that should be like targeted with it. Right, right. Like, no, like you, yeah. you. If you don't feel it, that's a problem. If no, you I feel that- his abusive nature. And if anything, I think this episode really confirms, especially with the. There's a line that Willow Weiss's mom gives us that kind of confirms to me that a lot of the abusive things that we've seen with him aren't as harsh as what they could be and what they sh- yeah. have been in like he's been a shield you know exactly like he it, we haven't really seen um just how abusive he could get and how behind closed doors and i just kind of feel like i don't know i feel like we it, especially i mean especially in volume four which is the moment to do it but they didn't do it um th- we should have seen it we should have by this point that should have already been established to us um, but I don't feel like, I feel like the show hasn't really gone as that far yet, at least in terms of showing us instead of just telling us. Um, but I do buy that he's abusive for sure. I mean, like they have been showing it. It's just, I think they're trying to show that Jacques is more emotionally abusive than physically abusive. And it's just, it's the problem with emotional abuse is it's a lot of like little moments. There's no like big trauma moment. It's a lot of like little interactions, like the party that he went to with Weiss, the fundraiser for Beacon, that was riddled with little like abusive moments. But it's not this like big like calling card with the billboard that says, hey, Jacques is an abusive father. And I think that's part of the problem. It's so hard to like explain emotional abuse and like draw it out for somebody. And this is getting a lot darker and deeper than I really want to go into. But it's just, it just doesn't feel like something we could really do justice in a show like Ruby. And I that means I don't know if they should have even touched this gotcha. with Ruby. Yeah. I, I will say, I do think, given something that Willow does say, it it, it, it I do think that there is physical abuse involved. Yeah, I'm not saying he doesn't. But, I'm just saying um, like, they've shown us. Well, you're right. But what they've shown us really has been more emotional um, yeah. than anything. Um, but... Let's start with how the episode starts, which is Ruby, like Team Ruby plus Oscar are just kind of talking about the upcoming dinner and Winter, uh, not Winter, Weiss kind of, it's been decided that she's the one that's going to go snooping around the house to find out if her suspicions about her father, which is that there's something else happening and is in the works, are right. She's, that's the plan is that Weiss is going to go off on her own while everyone else is enjoying this party. 
This and, I really liked as yeah. a setup for the episode because Team Ruby being proactive. Yeah. They're deciding something. They're doing something. This is what I wanted from the show. Even though there's like bigger people like doing stuff, Ruby's in control here and saying, hey, we're a team. We're going to do this because we can. And Weiss is this so she can do this. And I like that. Like they're a team. They're the focus of the episode, even if they're not the focus of this meeting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, and I, whenever we get to see Ruby being a leader, kind of, I always gravitate towards because it needs to be, I feel like, especially yeah. now that she's taken on more of this world, we need to emphasize it more. Um, but yeah, so then we get to the dinner um, and basically Ironwood, Clover, Winter, and Penny go to the meeting and everyone else is just like, all right, you're just going to be on standby. Um, we already mentioned it, but again, I don't understand the party aspect of this dinner. Yeah, I don't know why everyone, like, okay, I don't understand why they all showed up. This felt like, this felt like they were, there was a misunderstanding between yeah. everybody about what was actually happening. Like, Jacques was, like, being, like, passive-aggressive, like, I'm having a party for winning, and then they all showed up, and he's like, oh, I guess I should actually, like, host a party then, I guess. Yes. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I read it as, oh, Jacques is having, is bringing the council and everybody, because I read it as kind of like a PR thing where Jacques is like, all right, yeah. I'm inviting all the council and Ironwood and we're all going to hash this out and this is what's going to happen. So I was like, okay, I, I understand that and why you want to have this over dinner. I get that. But I also don't understand the party element. Like all you need is just yeah. them. Is that's my big thing. I was I like, why are all these people, whether it's Team Ruby or and the and everybody else or I, the people of Atlas, you know, I just didn't quite understand. I think that. it's because Jacques is new money. Like it feels like he married into this family. It feels like he hasn't been like. It, it, to me, it seems like he is just really, really obsessed with showing how rich he is, and he just mm -hmm. wants to host a party because he can. Gotcha. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, it, tell me when you see Whitley, like, what is your like reaction to Whitley? Cause every time I see Whitley, I kind of just groan. Uh, I, I was upset with Whitley until like the last part of the Weiss, uh, mom conversation. Cause yeah. like they're acknowledging that like, yeah. he is not like fully like to blame for all of his actions at this point. He's still a kid right. who is trapped in this horrible horrible abusive situation and i'm like wow we're actually touching on that i don't know what we're gonna do about it but the fact that like i wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt but just like the show has not the show has not gone down that path yet and the fact that the show has commented on it to me says like i should watch him more closely because honestly he is just trying to protect himself at right. all costs right now because if because if if Jacques finds out that weiss let, like got into and talked to the mom Whitley's the one that's going to get in trouble he's right. the one that's going to get the punishment right and that's just like how it works and right. again I don't want to go into emotional abuse stuff so much because it's not a fun conversation for Ruby right do you do you think because even though the show is telling us oh pay more attention to Whitley do we want to go down this 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 story with him? Like I just think because there are so many characters and the show has have does have a tendency to not know how to balance them well. Like my biggest worry is that this is just going to be once again another storyline that's going to take away from yeah. Team Ruby if not done properly. Because if done properly, this could be a really great storyline for Weiss. But yeah, um, but I just I don't know if I have the faith in the show to do that.
it feels like if we continue framing it like this, the way we did in this episode, it could be good. We could see, like, I fully see this storyline ending with Whitley, like, hating Weiss but being out from under his dad's thumb. Mm. And, like, that's where we leave it because that could totally be something that happens where where Weiss knows that she'd be saving her brother but he would hate her for it because he's been, like, gaslit for, like, yeah. so many years. And, and, and I could just... But I don't know if they'll go that route. I don't know if they'll go a route where it stays always from Weiss's perspective. Yeah. At I, least, yeah. but at the very least, Whitley's a character we had already. Like they're not adding a totally right. new character. No. Yeah. Um, I, I do. I, if anything, I'd want to see Whitley interact more with winter, which is odd, but I mean, I, because again, it takes away from Weiss, which goes against my entire argument for maybe why we shouldn't have this focus. But, um, I don't know. I feel like, uh, I, I think that would be really interesting having him hate Weiss for, for and her being okay with that, her being like, you know what, you hate me all you want, but now you're out of the situation. I'd be, I'd be I, happy with that. But I also be like, oh, but may, where, where is Winter in all this? She's like the older sister. What, where is what's going? Like, she must have some sort of, um, she must miss her brother somewhat. I just, I don't know. That's I, another thing I'd want to um, explore. Yeah. If I, mean, I guess I just want more exploration of the Schnee family. I guess. Yeah, I'm just, like, again, I'm worried about, like, just how you show that. Because right. I really, unless, the, like, maybe they could show physical abuse. Like, maybe that would be an easy way to get it across. But it's just, if it's just emotional abuse, like, it's just, again, going to be hard to, like, point to one event and being like, this is what it does. Oh, like, no, it I, just I was just talking about, I wasn't talking about the abuse. I was just talking about the relationship between Winter oh, and Oh, like, you had them together? Like, yeah, yeah I'm I like, what if, like, where's Winter? Like, why don't, I want maybe more interactions with Winter and Whitley. And then, and, and, and see, like, okay, well, where are they? Where do they stand with one another? And, and you know, this trio of siblings, like, you know, where it, do they all end up, I guess, by the end of this? I'm just curious and stuff. I think Winter is just... I think Winter didn't, quote-unquote, save her siblings because she just can't. Like, she has this, like, cool exterior, but she still was really quickly triggered by her father. Yeah, like, we, she, yeah. like, Like, she was so emotional in that one scene than we've ever seen her. Like, I have a feeling that she couldn't save her siblings just because, like, and she wanted to, but she couldn't. Like, she's dealing with her own trauma, and that is completely fair. Like, it's not her job to save her siblings, even if it's completely reasonable, again, that she feels like it's her job to save her siblings. That's why I, that's why one of the reasons why, for instance, with when Willow telling when, uh, Weiss, when Willow tells her, don't forget about your brother. Well, it's that same argument where it's like, well, it's not Weiss's job to save her brother, but it isn't. But at the same time, I'm like, it's not her job, but it's like, no one else is gonna, no one else is gonna. Well, that's the same argument with winter. Right. So it's like, okay, well, it's not her job. But it's like, well, he's a kid. I want to maybe see some sort of, maybe by the end of this, maybe he does hate Weiss, but maybe there's still something he can salvage with Winter. Just saying, yeah. I want this, some form of family to still I, come out of this. <laughs> I think the way to put it is I'm not like going to hold it against Weiss if she chooses not to save Whitley. But it would be, because it would be a Herculean task to like get over that and save him. But it's just like, I think the mom is honestly just saying, I get it. You're safe. Don't risk your freedom. But if you can, please save your brother. Right. And it like that seems a reasonable request, even if it does come off as just, again, slightly manipulative because this whole family is messed up. It's just it sucks. Yeah, it's a very it's a it's a it's a very complicated family drama that I wish we we, we had more more of like I, not in terms of just like I just wanted more time. 
I think a lot of times with Ruby, I think, and especially with this episode, given it's like, it's on the shorter side, it's like 15 minutes, some 20 something seconds. It's like, I I, I just wish that there, we had the time to give enough characters the, the, the time they need to really get to know them and stuff. And despite how short this episode is, like, I still think we got just enough Willow. I think Willow was used very yeah. well in this episode. Like, it, like they gave an explanation for why we haven't seen her in a way that made sense and it was emotional. And then we just were like, okay, she's gone. We did it. Like, this was, like, really good. And I'm kind of shocked by the whole conversation between Weiss and Willow. It was just great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, we could just go into that conversation because I think for me. I the- love that conversation. Tell me. Tell me why. Uh, just because, like, it's there's this like line between Weiss and Willow in the conversation where Weiss is not sure if Willow is going, her, if her mom is going to be on her side or not, mm-hmm. because she doesn't know what side her mom is on, because she's constantly just been looking out for herself, and it's just they're both so guarded, and then the mom doesn't know if Weiss is on Jacques' side. It's just this like amazing like. They're both so defensive, but you're not sure why they're def- why the mom is defensive because we don't know Willow as a viewer, and so it just makes this really tense scene. And then the tension just like disappears the second she finds out that Weiss has left and is safe. Like it just you realize right. the tension is because of Jacques, not because of them. And right. it's just this, and we feel the relief as the audience as Weiss like visibly like just like kind of crumples and is just like, oh my god, this is my mom. Like this is my mom. Like and it's just. I don't know. I got kind of emotional from it. Like, mm-hmm. I was surprised by it just because it was just a really well-constructed dialogue scene that is very rare for Ruby. And it just... it It's nice seeing a relationship with Weiss's family that doesn't end with Weiss, like, really mad right. or really upset. And I was really happy, but also, like, there was some messed up stuff. Like, the shot of a... Uh, willow drinking the alcohol and like seeing weiss through it like that was i think a good way to show like just a lot of stuff in one quick shot like all of this scene is really good i think yeah yeah i mean i will say i don't think there i think so the tension in that conversation wasn't solely for jacques i think some of it did have to do with um uh willow's uh uh, substance abuse problem yeah um so i do think that there is tension there and part of Weiss's, if anything, I felt Weiss being very cautious and it wasn't necessarily yeah. because of Jacques, but it was more because I don't know how, where, what you are, how you are mentally right now. Because at one yeah. point, um, Willow was like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't go to your party. And it's like, this isn't Weiss's party. So um, it's in the beginning. And then she goes, oh yeah, you left. So she clearly memory lapses, some clear memory lapses there. Yeah. So, um, so I think it's not so clearly like, oh, we have, we have come together. It's not, we're not enemies. It's more Weiss being very, and it's really, it's really sad to see because it's like, okay, you, here is a parent and I'm still going to be incredibly cautious and have, have to be guarded because I can't, I don't, I, there is this tension between the two of them. For instance, like when Willow starts to cry, Weiss kind of just stands there and looks uncomfortable and doesn't know what to do. Um, because they don't have that. And I think it's, and partly I think it's because of, of the drinking problem. Um, and I mean, we see there is a very nice moment with Crow where he says, where he's offered some wine and he says no. And then he goes, okay, I'm going to go, you know what? I'm going to get myself out of this situation. And it's a very nice parallel there. Unexpected one between Willow Uh, and him where he's like, I'm still in the situation, but I'm not going to 
uh, or rather he removes himself from a situation where she doesn't remove herself. She just downs the alcohol. I think that's a really great moment. I'm glad you called it out because like it at first just seems like we're showing that like Crow is getting better. And then you're like, oh, no, this is just being shown to show just how far off the deep end Willow has gone. Like, I I thought that was a great parallel. Yeah, yeah. And um, there was also uh, not parallel, but um, very nice moment with um, I don't know his name, but Wolf Boy. Um, um, from the Aesop's. Uh, Mero. Mero. Uh, Mero, he uh, basically, uh, he sees a Faunus being one of the the, the yeah. uh, people serving food, and he's just like, I gotta get out of here. I can't be here anymore. Um, which is, again, another uh, very subtle moment that um, set, that speaks volumes about so much of the history with the Schneeze and the politics of Atlas, but also it's not hit you over the head with it. It's like kind of one of those things where if you're paying attention, if you catch it, you'll like, it's like very rewarding, which I like. I like those very soft touches of the writing. Um, But uh, moving from that, we, I guess we got to talk about the politics somewhat. Um, Oh my God. (laughs) Do we not? Do we have to? If anything, anything, it's more, I just want to, I feel like one, something interesting is um, that some, that just kind of to show how much in, uh, how much, how trapped Ironwood is by his yeah. own dischoices. Um, uh, it's just very interesting because you have Jacques actually being uh, early sounding level headed where he's like, you haven't told us anything. You haven't earned our trust. You have all these things. And it's like from an outsider looking in, if, and this is a moment where you as an audience have to remove yourself from everything you know and just look at it from, okay, if you're just a civilian from Atlas, Ironwood does not look good. And the, no. it's like, and the fact that Robin was invited to this, that to me also speaks to how Jacques is very much aware of public perception and is like, oh yeah. no, I'm going, I want to paint myself as a good guy. And look, I'm here to hash things out. I even invited the person that I, that I, that lost to me. And I have the voice of the people and we're going to, and clearly is he's pitting everything on I- Ironwood. I think that Jacques, though, is making a mistake here because I think he does not understand Robin's uh, Robin seems like the type of person who like really gets like emotional, like, like, please. And I think she'll see what Winter did and just be like, oh, yeah, Jacques is really the villain here. Like, I think like she's going to get that. Like, I don't think she likes Ironwood. I don't think Ironwood is right. But I think she's going to see that. Jacques is the person who's messing with everybody right now at some point. Maybe not like right away, but I think Jacques is going to get his comeuppance. Yeah. And I think this is going to, this, this is connecting it to the previous episode. This, her being here in light of the whole interaction she had with Blake and Yang, knowing what she knows from them, um, that is what's going to help help her fight off any sort of machinations that Jacques is trying to use on her simply because she goes, okay, I know that he's at least trying to do something. I just want to know what it is. Um, And also I'm going to throw it in there because I did notice this when winter does lose it. Well, I don't even say lose it. I'm just like when winter finally decides to stand up and speak for herself, literally um, there is a moment, there is a shot of Robin and Robin's just looking at her smiling or smirking. I don't know quite. It's something in between. And I'm just like, I see that. I see. I'm like, okay, here's something interesting. What if this is plenty of seeds and this is me going on fan fiction Uh. mode. But what if instead of, of 
of because I, before I had this theory that maybe Ruby, the team Ruby was going to splinter off given how who which one of them wants to lie, which one doesn't. But maybe it's going to be a splinter off between Ironwood and his right hand. Maybe Winter yeah. is going to join Robin. That's something that's really cool. That would be I, really interesting. I honestly think that Winter will not. But I do think that Penny will join the Huntresses. Mm. I think she will. I think that will go right in line with like her storyline. I think we can get. Into, I think Penny's like a totally different conversation. But it's right after this. So if you want yeah, yeah, to transition no, to it, I, feel free. I just want to say that Winter. I don't know. I think that she is complete, completely committed to where she is right now in society. Like she wants to be the person who's shaping things, her own destiny. Mm-hmm. Like she wants to shape things for herself. And she think, and she at least thinks she can do that from where she is. And I, at the very least, until the Winter Maiden dies, I don't think we're going to see any type of change from her. Do you think the Winter Maiden's going to die this volume? I would have told you yes, like five episodes. <laughs> but we're moving so slow. Beatrice. We are. We are. We are. Like unless we move, like there's a there's a chance that like the last four episodes are just like one giant fight. Yeah. Which I I to hope they are because I'm kind of done with how slow everything's going. Because if this season is just as slow as like season four, I don't know what I'm going to do. They are very intentionally not. They're very yeah. being very restrained when it, it comes feels to the on fights. Purpose. Yeah, exactly. It does feel on purpose. I feel like they're saving all the like animation budget for the fights for those final episodes. Because season four, volume four had like other reasons for why the fights were lacking. Like they were like doing a full restructuring and that made sense. This right. just feels very purposeful. The right. fights they have are very low key. No like crazy like stuff is going on too much. Like the craziest fight was the one in the mine. And even then it was to show off like the Aesop's not team ruby right and like it's very carefully going like hey fighting isn't really doing much right now and i as a root as like a person who likes ruby i want some crazy anime fights right beatrice i want some stupid dumb anime fights and if i am not satisfied i will be upset that's like a hundred percent fair and like from what the li- very little fights we've seen they've been very smooth and I've been very yeah. impressed maybe it's because there's been such a lack I'm excited that, yeah they I mean they've been I, they look good from the taste yeah. we've gotten so and the choreography has been on point for yeah. all of them like I'm excited to see what they'll do with like a really in-depth fight scene and it's just like even just like the crow Robin Tyrion fight in like the opening like that is incredibly yeah. cool animation yeah yeah um, uh, I, I'm curious for, cause you say that you think Penny is going to yeah. side with Ruby and then Winter is going to stick by Ironwood's side. Um, uh, before we get into the Penny Winter stuff, I just want to say, I don't, Ruby kind of said in the very beginning, that first scene, there's this throwaway line where Ruby says, we like, I think it was mentioned how Jacques is willing to do whatever it takes to win. And then Ruby kind of says, we should too, like we should yeah. be like this. And that to me is why I think there's going to be a lot more tension among the team Ruby than than we think because there've been other instances throughout these episodes where they where Ruby has kind of said things that I don't know if the other girls agree with and maybe that's yeah. going to be maybe it's going to be uh, a testament to the fact that they I still mean- follow her that they trust her and they trust her leadership but um, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I'm curious. I hope that there is no splintering, but that I, I, I see certain things being 
Shout. I'm fine with arguments in the group. I just don't want them to actually like, split apart. Right. Like, right. As long, like I'm fine if they like have differing opinions on things. Like obviously that that makes good character stuff. But like if if like Blake and Yang leave because they're like doing their own thing because like last episode they just did their own thing. Right. I will be I will be kind of concerned for the show because we did this one time and it really did right. not work. Granted, I feel like if they're splintering, I mean more like oh they're still going to stay in Atlas, so they're all yeah, going to no, fight no, no, each other. So it's not like yeah. they're gonna. It's not going to be volume four esque yeah. splintering, um, but yeah. So let's talk about the the. I think what okay. I think is the the most. I guess well one of because the other one was the Willow White scene. Yeah. But the other kind of big scene is the Winter Penny scene. Yeah. Which is again an interaction between two characters that hasn't been explored that much, but is very interesting to see. Yeah, it's one I was not expecting at all. Like I was not expecting them to like have a rapport like this. And it, it, it really shows that they don't talk a lot, but just the fact, like, just some of the things said between them are just really interesting and kind of say a lot about both of them. Specifically, the line that, like, just really jumps out to me is the is obviously the one where it starts in Willow. And, God, there's all the names I just keep mixing them up because okay. they're all just so similar. Uh, Winter says, um, you wouldn't get it. And there's this really great shot from Penny's perspective where she looks down at herself and it's just like, you know what the shot's saying. Right. And... And what's surprising is Winter catches it. Like, like that's the surprising thing for me in this scene, that Winter, not just that, like, it, they do it in the show, it's that they show Winter seeing it. Like, that's, yeah. like, her being that socially intelligent to be like, oh, that was, like, the worst thing I could say to this person to hurt their feelings. Like, I just really like that a lot. Uh, but I also, but going back to Penny and the Happy Hunters is, like, I think that there's, like, they're still, like, they have not said it out loud, but Penny's still, like, dealing with the fact that she does not think she's real. She's not, doesn't think she's a real person. I think she's over the, like, I don't know if, how deep it goes, but she, like, originally in the first season, like, she didn't think she was a real girl and, like, very Pinocchio-type stuff. Um, But they're really framing it in a way that's a lot more emotional, a lot more, um, I think, in line with how people feel about identity today. Because there's this just the shot of her like looking down in her hands and like rubbing her like just like seeing herself and like her hands and stuff like it's just very much indicative of someone who doesn't feel comfortable with their body. Like mm-hmm. she's very like it's not that she wants to be real just because she wants to be real. She wants to be real because she feels like her body isn't her own in some way. Like she feels like it's not valid like how she is. And I feel like her joining the Happy Hunters is, is like this declaration for herself that like I'm a woman, I can join this group. I can be in this group. I can be myself here. No one has like an off switch they can just hit. And I really, it feels powerful and it feels especially powerful considering the stuff they announced on Twitter, which I don't know how much I want to get into that, Beatrice. You that's can get a whole it as lot. much as you want. I'll just say they announced on Twitter that May is trans. May is the woman I talked about last time I was on being voiced by Caden Jensen, a trans woman, and she is great. Like, her character is cute. Like, the design is good. And she has a lot of little, like, ticks about her design that show, like, transness. Like, the fact that she has her hair so long that she never cut it ever again. Like, it's down to, like, almost her knees or something. Like, that's a very, like, trans girl thing. Like, you don't want to cut it ever again after, like, discarding your male identity and it's or your male performance. And it's just... If that's all we get for that, like, that's not representation. Like, you just, you need to at least say it. Like, I'm not asking you to have, like, a whole story about it, but at least someone commenting that she's trans and show is all you need to do. Like, if her, it, like, you know, because 
she's obviously a character and that's great. Like, she, like it's this tough thing with trans characters in media where it's just like trans people, there's people. And it's just like, and clearly may is just a person in the show. But if you never say that they're trans, it's not representation. And it doesn't show that we are just people living among everyone else doing our own thing. And I think that if there's any storyline that should cross over with May, it should be Penny's. It, Penny should cross over with May and have a conversation with her. It feels just so obvious from like an emotional standpoint and from a point of like who else in like the entire like world could have a conversation with Penny about feeling like a real woman. Like that just feels like kind of like a perfect way to like line things up. But I don't know if they actually did it or thought of doing it, which would be very frustrating for me specifically. Right, right. I think, um, and also kind of adding to more reason for Penny to leave is that there's this line where uh, in the meeting where Ironwood says, I have control over her. Yeah. I have it. And clearly she does not feel comfortable with that line. And there was, and that's one of those red flags with Ironwood that we've been getting where instead of saying the right thing, which is no, she's innocent. We just look at the official report. He goes, no, 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 no. I have complete control over her. Instead of saying like Penny's like the nicest person I know and she's protected everybody, right. like something like that, saying that like she has a consistent record of just, helping people like she would never do this it's right. instead he goes to the line of like i'm doing this i'm right. in control which is clearly what's making everyone upset in the first place like he doesn't get that that's like he could even just be phrasing some of these things differently and just people would be getting it but he's saying things in a way that he doesn't get that that's why people are scared right and i think it goes like and then it goes down to like this conversation like along this point around this area of the conversation is also where it kind of delves into like a very similar line of thought for like real life stuff where they like ask about the investigation and Clover's like, it's classified. We literally cannot talk to you about that where it like really goes, I'm not going to get it to do much of this, right. but it really mimics and mirrors a lot of conversation happening right now today right. in politics where it's like, we want to know this where it's just, like, it's an active investigation. And then some, but another person will say, but like the person that we're, you're investigating is actively ruining the country right now. Right. Like we need to do something about it. Right. And you're not going fast enough. Right. And it's this really, and I think this episode doesn't give you an answer on it. And I don't think there is an answer because it's so weird. This, this, this question of, do you let the people do it the right way? Or do you go all out, like no breaks and just fix it and worry about the consequences later. And it's hard to say, which is the right answer. I think in this, in this situation in the show, right. it's, 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 I, I find it interesting they brought that up, but I don't want to think about it ever. Right, I don't. right. No, but I mean, it's more of a, I w mentioned that was more for like, okay, this is more reason for Penny leaving and joining. More yeah. kind of, more uh, hints at where Penny's going to end up. I don't know yeah. if it is by the end of this volume or not, but that she's going to eventually break away from Ironwood's hold on her and the most obvious place to end up with is with Robin and um, it just feels so natural right. it just feels like that this is this place with only women huntresses and we have this character who doesn't feel like they're a woman like they don't feel real and this feels like the perfect place for her to be right now and, that's and it feels like her right her ideals line up with Robin. It makes so much sense. Yeah. And also, I mean, it just kind of fits with, okay, by siding with Robin and having the public see her working with Robin and yeah. Robin being okay with her and, and like working with her kind of might help 
with the public opinion on Penny. And then there's the whole, you know, I think, I do think that, I think we are going to get that conversation. I think that might happen. I just don't know if it, I, I, oh, I see it happening is once she joins them. So I don't yeah. know if that's going to happen by the end of this volume, if we're going to stay in Atlas for another volume, which I hope, because there's just, the, again, the pacing of this volume is kind of, ah, wonky. <laughs> it's like it, it, slow, it, it, but fast, but it's not. And it's very, it's very, yeah. This is the kind of volume where I can't judge whether it's going too slow or too fast until I know the full season arc. Exactly. Like, it's, yeah. like if, if the next four episodes or so, I think there's only like four left, aren't there? Like, yeah. if, there's only like if, if the next four episodes are like completely crazy action, like I think this season works. I think the season works for being like this slow burn to like everything just going insane. Um, but if we just get four more episodes of dinner parties, I think this season did not work. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. this season is, was it, there's something, something in the pipeline got messed up and it could have been different, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it, it's hard to say right now from where we are. Like, I hate seasons like this where it's like, I can't judge how I feel until I know where it's going. Yeah. That's why I really do think Ruby, the best way to watch Ruby is by binging it. Which, it is. It really is. <laughs> it's just taking it as a whole, like each volume as a whole. I think it's like the best way. Um, but okay, well, then let's talk about where this episode ends because this is where I don't know if we, I don't think we're, we are going to keep get. I don't think we're going to continue for a party because something major happened, which is that Watts once again hacked into Mantle slash Atlas and kind of turned off the heating. Which, yeah, that's what it looked like. Which to me means that he's now attempting to freeze everybody to death. Which we mentioned before. Uh, well, not we mentioned. The show has mentioned, or like I think in the first or second, third episode. Which uh, I kind of I think someone mentioned how it was the I think it was Weiss mentioning how it sometimes it's so cold that you need your uh, your aura to yeah. to to stay warm. It's the only way to be able to survive. Um, and, yeah. and regular people don't just have that. Like, regular yeah. people don't just have this ability to, like, warm themselves their aura. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this is this is kind of... If this if this isn't what sends everything if this isn't kind of the the what sparks that that match and it sets everything to explode, I don't know what. Because the... I mean, basically, everyone there's going to be this giant blizzard that won't stop. Until Watts is stopped. Yeah. And I I feel like... I feel like if, if we have another... If this is the... This better be the last time we see Watts, like, making Mantle worse. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I'm kind How of done with Mantle being worse. Like, I, I, I just want, like, everything to finally, like, just snowball out of control. Because it feels like we've been snowballing every episode with no real goal. Like, no real, like, obvious, like, this is the tipping point. Which, in real life, there is no obvious tipping point. Right. But in a show, we need to know, as the audience, have we hit the tipping point? Because I thought we hit the tipping point, like, three episodes ago, but apparently not. Right, yeah. And, I mean, we... I think this is going to be the point where Ironwood has, where people are going to, it's basically Ironwood's going to have that choice of, am I going to save the people or am I going to set this um, satellite up into the air? And I don't know. I, he's gonna I think put, he's going to focus satellite. on the satellite. He's going to be like, well, F the people, I'm going to send it up in the air. And this is when everyone's going to have, when the lines are going to be divided. Um, I think, I think this will be where Team Ruby strays from him. Yeah. Where he's like, 
we need to help that we, we need to do this to help everyone and then t- and ruby's gonna be like you but everyone's gonna be dead there's no one to be left to help right like and i think that's the point where they're finally just gonna drift apart at that yeah and i am honestly happy for that and like i'm honestly ready for just everyone to start fighting each other yeah. because we have i just want everyone to start fighting i want i want Tyrion to die i want all i want the monkey grim to show up like who even is else are they gonna fight this season like Tyrion's is the only guy that they can fight right or if like t-ruby fights aesops i guess but that's it yeah i mean i yeah i can i i only see it as them fighting watts Tyrion, and then amongst themselves like that's the only yeah. thing i see I it, I guess it's just like we don't know how like the fights between each other are gonna like hash out. I think this is one of the main problems with Ruby is that we have like two hundred hero characters, but only like four villains, yeah. and we killed one of them already. It's like what else are we gonna do? Yeah, what else is there left to do? I think we really need. I hate to say it, more characters <laughs> because after they kill the Adam, there's no one left to have fights with. And yeah. Cinder and Neo are for some reason not here, so they they can't be fought. Like, what's going on? Like, I just want I just want cool fights with dumb characters, Beatrice. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, we deserve that, Sarah. We deserve, we deserve that. it. We're we're seven seasons into the show. We deserve it. <laughs> the least they could do is give us cool fights. Um, okay. Oh, oh, sorry. We didn't talk about Crow and Clover. Oh Beatrice. yeah, yeah. How do we not talk about this? They're so gay. They are so gay. They're just, and it's so great. Like, I just love how it's, I mean, and the fact, the fact is they're giving and see, the, see, they're going to fight each other. They're going to fight each other. They're definitely going to fight. And it's just, they're, they're give like, it's kind of, you know, how, how sometimes like shows will do this thing where it's like, all right, well, here's the death flag. Like, here's the, all these signs where we're going to tell you that character is going to die. Well, they're doing the thing that, but with relationships, not death, yep. where they're like, okay, the, we're giving you all these moments with these two characters that clearly they're into each other, but also yep. we know that they're going to fight. Yeah. And I, I don't know how it's gonna go i don't know if we're gonna get like explicit like they're gonna kiss or like say something about their relationship but this seemed really really flirty this was not like i would not say something like this to like just a friend this is a very flirty thing that crow says to clover and clover is very receptive to it and and also and this is so uh, i just don't want him to fight because crow never seems so happy I think yes. like you never we've never seen this this side of crow before and and the fact that that he said no to the wine and he's in such a good place and everything's going to go so bad oh, and I'm just God. If, Oh, I just realized this season's going to end with crow drinking some alcohol, isn't I it? I hope not. I hope that maybe they'll, you know, especially because they made that parallel between yeah. you know, and also again the parallel goes beyond just the drinking. It's yeah. um, Willow's relationship with her husband and then Crow's relationship with Clover. You know, it's like, yeah. okay, this is a healthy relationship and this is a not healthy relationship. So I, I agree. You know, so 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 I, I, I feel like if we do, I mean, yeah, it's going to, it would be very painful. But I think if by the end of this, especially now that we've had so many seasons, especially I think season, volume six was... Crow really hitting it hard and and Ruby even chastising him for all the drinking. Yeah. So I feel like if if we do get like a setback, I'm so soon. Um 
I don't know. I yeah. think I, 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 it would be, I would not like it simply because I care I so much about Crow. I'm just like, man. It's it shocking how much I care about Crow, Beatrice. Like, I did not care at all. And now it's just like he's, his character's one of the best in the show now. Because he's happy now. <laughs> he's and they happy put the and, effort into it. They yeah. put the effort into his character and it shows. Why can't we put this effort into anyone else? Anyone else that should be good? I, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know, but uh, I, I really do hope that that they that their fight ends with just them either making out or them at the end of the volume just being like, you know what, we're gonna set things aside and we're gonna work together. What if they kiss and then the other dies? No, because I think that's <laughs> gonna happen. That's that might happen, but I don't know if it's gonna happen this volume given the pacing of it. I, I just. I thought we were going to be done with Atlas this season. I'm starting to really think we're not Beatrice. Yeah, I don't and think I'm not, I'm not happy about that, personally. I'm kind of upset with that. I feel lied to. I feel I, lied to. I kind of am not angry about it. I'm If, if we spend more time in Atlas, not because um, I think they're dragging. I think it's because, if anything, this would be... Like, I, I want the fights and everything, but say, for instance, okay, we get these fights. I want them to stay for the fallout of the fights, if that makes sense. Okay. I want them if, to that's, s- if that happens, I'm fine with it. I just mean, like, if we don't finish this storyline this season, I'm going to be very upset. Because, right. like, they just do this in Ruby, where they, like, start, like, a million plot lines every season and never end them. And so now we have, like, a thousand plot lines that are never ending. Right. I mean, again, I don't think, I think, and I think one of the reasons why atlas we're gonna stay in atlas longer is because i maybe they'll finish the satellite outline i mean outline uh storyline this season but i don't they're not gonna finish the like someone's gonna come in to take that that staff someone that that was presented to us some that could be cinder exactly but i don't think we're gonna see cinder this season that's why i'm like maybe they're gonna have some some of the storylines are gonna be closed this season but i think they're gonna stay in atlas until cinder gets there and i think that's gonna be the next volume Possibly. Okay. I mean, that could happen. Like, I've, like the way I'm seeing the show is like, we're going to go to, we're here in Atlas. We need to go to the other school. I forget the country. Like Vacuo? we need to go to the other school. Vacuo. Yes. And then after that, like we have to circle back to Beacon. Like Beacon right. obviously is going to be where they're going to end up. They need to get back there to get the last relic, even though it's ruins right now. Yeah. And that feels like the perfect, like return to Hogwarts type, like final battle type thing. Yeah. And I, it's just, I don't know how much we can drag out of Atlas because we've really hammered home that this area is one city and nothing else. And we've spent all season exploring all of it. Like if we had spent more of the season, like on more smaller chunks of it and slowly doled out more of the city, I think it would be make sense. But because we're seeing everything that is in Mantle and in Atlas, like it feels like we're not holding something back for another visit to this location. Right. And it feels like we're ready to move on. Like Vacuo is a whole new country that we almost know nothing about. Like that's a place you could have multiple seasons and just because there's so much variety you could throw at the audience in terms of like, we don't know what we're going to get. Here we know what we're going to get next season if we stay here, which is not necessarily all of what makes someone decide whether to have another season somewhere, but it... For a show like this, it says a lot about them showing so much in Mantle and Atlas. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe uh, Cinder's going to take it. I mean, w- would you hate having Atlas fall to the ground off screen? Or maybe not off screen, but while they're in vacuo? Like they leave and then they, they hear about it? Or 
Or, or like, I would be fine with us staying here again if Atlas does fall in general. Like, if Atlas just falls and we have to, and we stay here for the fall, that's a, that's a new location in my mind. Gotcha. Like, in terms of, like, a setting. Like, that's a new thing to deal with. Because now, all of a sudden, you have people that have not been commingling that now have to commingle. Right. And that is rife with conflict. Yeah. And I am ready for that. Yeah. There's a lot of possibilities. There's so much that can happen. Yeah. Um, um, and Ruby will do none of them. I don't know what <laughs> Ruby will do. Ruby will find the one that like I would not have done because it seems to be, I don't know. Like I, I don't want to say Ruby's boring, but it just does things that are like, it chooses like option, like it doesn't choose the last option I think of like option Z. It chooses like option like O or N, like mm. halfway through the options. And it's just like, this one doesn't stand out to me at all. Why is this the one you picked? Right, and it right. feels like... Like, this is the show more than Eddie. I want to sit down with the writer and be like, why did you pick this? Right. Why did you do any of these other things that were really in your face obvious? Like, right. I just want to know. Like, I'm not mad. I just want to know why, like, these other ones weren't picked. Were you just trying to not be, like, predictable? Because there's a point where, like, you shouldn't be, like, a predictable show. But also that, like, there's also a point where, like, you shouldn't be not predictable just to avoid being predictable. Right, right. Um, yeah. So, uh, final question. Um, yes. because this is, this is the final Ruby pod I host. Um, do you, okay. So this season is, I've seen it be kind of there. It's about a lot about truth and communication. Yeah. That to me is the, those are the biggest th- themes of this, of the volume, uh, just the entire song in the, the intro song, the lyrics themselves are all about trusting love and opening your eyes to the yeah. truth. Um, Very Steven Universe. So do you think, because I, I, it's not clear to us if Yang told people about the Spring Maiden. Do you I don't, do you think that's one of the revelations we see if the show possibly concludes in the, if we actually get a good closure of the volume? Is this something that is a lie that we're going to see unravel this season, given how the themes are truth and communication? Or is this something that's for a later date? Oh, you think specifically that Yang didn't tell them about Raven? I, I exactly. I just don't know. I don't know if Yang told because Yang did lie to him, saying, "Oh, like Raven had been gone by the time I found it." But I don't know if Yang told them that Raven is the Spring Maiden. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't think of that. I think some people do know. I think personally that Crow knows. That feels like something because Raven's his sister, right? So I don't know if that's information that Yang can hide from the team, but it would be. I'm more interested if Yang and Blake are hiding the fact that they told Robin, Robin. stuff. Mm. Yeah, I'm interested in that. And I'm interested to see whether... Uh, I- I'm just interested to see like what conversations we have this season. Because there's definitely like a couple... I'm interested to see who else Robin uses her semblance on. Like, yeah. That seems like it's going to be an important moment in the in the show. Like, Robin is going to like... You know what? We're going to have a scene with Robin and Penny and Robin's going to point blank ask Penny the question of whether she did it. And Penny, and because that just seems like an easy way to solve this problem. Like Robin has the way to ask yeah. Penny, did she do it? And I feel like we have to have that conf- confrontation at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Or Robin's going to ask Tyrion if he did it. I just don't see Tyrion like sitting still getting his <laughs> maybe, hands. Maybe like maybe maybe they have him captured, or maybe Watts. She's gonna ask him, you know, tell me the truth, and then he's gonna lie, and she's gonna know. I don't know. Yeah. that would be cool too. There's a lot. There's a lot of things like that. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm just not sure where we're gonna go. But again, I just want to reiterate: 
this is not representation. This ep- like I, 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 I like pumping the brakes on that to anybody who brings that up. This is not rep. I just want to say that again because I just want to make sure I'm very clear that I am upset about this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, need to go de- I need to go into depth on it. It's just, it's not rep. And it makes me upset that this is all we get. For sure, for sure. If, if it is all we get. Like, we might get more in later, but this is upsetting in some ways to me. Gotcha, gotcha. You can, again, you can go as deeply as you want. I just don't want to say it until I know what the full season is. Gotcha. Like, I don't want to go, like, if we end the season, this is it. I will go deep on this with how upset I am and why I'm upset. But until then, I will hold my anger. I'm just saying that this is not enough. Gotcha, gotcha. And yeah, it's not. Absolutely not. Um, let's finish with any final closing thoughts you have on the episode. Oh, any final things sorry, to that say? was my closing thoughts. Okay, that was my cool, closing cool. thoughts. Sorry. All right. I, I jumped ahead of you. No, I'm no, good. you're fine. Like, you're fine. Um, my closing thoughts is very silly. I don't understand the schnee hair. So I don't either. <laughs> so because Jacques doesn't look that old. And so I, I I don't know how hair works. I was I was surprised that his hair is is as white as it is since we know he's a brunette when he was younger. We we, we guessed earlier po- on earlier pods that he dyes it like he mm. dyes it to look more schnee esque. Yeah, like to fit with the family, the image. Yeah, that is a very schnee thing. I don't know. I'm just surprised that 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 none of the kids have 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 or have brown hair. None of them. They're all... It's just a really... It's really, really dominant, yeah, the genetics. Yeah, very dominant. Willow has really strong genetics. That's all I'll say. I just think... See, and I think maybe... Like, remember, uh, Winter doesn't have Weiss's white eyebrows. So I'm I'm just like, maybe Winter dyes her hair. I don't know. That could be a thing. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Schnee hair. Never stops puzzling me. Um, all right, so that does it for this podcast. You can find out all the info on this podcast at overlyanimated.com. You can join us on Discord to text chat about animation at overlyanimated.com slash Discord. You can support us via Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thanks to all our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Lily, a.k.a. Panda Lily. And thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, Ryan, Steve, Alex, Beatrice, Hugh, Michael, and Needle. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.